Hello everyone, you're listening to the When in Spain podcast. My name's Paul Burge, a very warm welcome to you wherever you're listening from around the world. And if you're new to this podcast and you're still wondering what it's all about, well, I endeavour to bring you a little slice of Spanish life, Spanish culture, my observations and insights and information all about España. So if you're maybe thinking of coming to live and work in Spain or you're planning a holiday here... Or maybe you just have a passing interest in all things Spanish. Stay tuned because you're in the right place. So listeners, do any of you guys ever buy a lottery ticket? Stick a few coins in a tragaperras, a little fruit machine, gambling machine, one-armed bandit, whatever you like to call it. Do you often fancy a flutter on the horses? Do you ever wager some money on a football game? Are you into gambling? Um, Personally, I'm not. I've never, ever bought a lottery ticket uh, since I've been living in Spain. And, uh, well, even when I was in the UK. So um, it's not a vice of mine. But coming up in this episode, I'm going to be looking at the world of gambling in Spain, which has quite a long and interesting history uh, behind it. Did you know that the Spanish National Lottery is the second longest continuously running lottery in the world? And that one of the most popular lotteries in Spain was originally set up by Franco to help people who had been blinded during the Civil War? And did you know that Spaniards gamble well over 1.9 billion euros a year? Yes, you heard it right. Billion Gambling is a big deal in Spain. I'd had quite a few requests from you guys, the listeners, to, um, well, pull together an episode looking at gambling and uh, look at all of the different aspects of gambling in Spain, all of the lotteries there are. There are loads of them. I'm going to be looking at casinos, bingo... And I'll be offering you some interesting stats and also some of the history behind all of this as well. And a little bit later in the episode, I'll be taking you out into my neighbourhood right here in Madrid. I'll be heading off to buy my very first ever lottery ticket. Um, I know nothing about it, but I'm going to take you guys, the listeners, out with me. I'm going to go on a hunt for a, a lottery ticket seller on the street or maybe find one of the little kiosks that sells tickets. And I'm going to sort of talk you through it and explain how it works. But before we get into that, I'd just like to give a very quick shout out to brand new When in Spain patron, Rich Muñiz. Rich, muchísimas gracias a ti. Thanks so much for deciding to sign up and help support the podcast by becoming a patron. Um, I really, really, really appreciate it. It really, really means a lot to me. And if there are any other listeners who enjoy the podcast, who find it informative and useful and indeed entertaining, you too can sign up to support the podcast by becoming a When in Spain patron. How do you do it? And what is a patron? Well, a patron is someone who signs up via the crowdfunding website website uh, patreon.com forward slash when in Spain and it's a way for you to pledge a small monthly amount of money to help support uh, the podcast the work that I do and to help secure the long-term future of this podcast as well so if you enjoy the podcast please consider signing up to become a patron you can do that by visiting patreon.com 
forward slash when in Spain. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash when in Spain. Not only will you be helping support the future of this podcast, you will also have access to bonus content as well. Starting this month, I've been putting together bonus content for when in Spain patrons. And in fact, I did my first live video on Friday night. So thanks to all the patrons that joined me for my little walk around the centre of Madrid, an hour long tour through the centre and uh, I was talking tapas and we had a little visit of Cavabaja Street, uh, one of the famous streets in Madrid to go for tapas. I talk all about tapas, I give you some of my advice and recommendations in the video and I pointed out a few other points of interest as well, places that I've mentioned previously in other podcast episodes and I also gave patrons a little sneak preview of the beautiful church where I'm going to be getting married later this year. Yes, in September I'm getting married. So keep your ears open for bonus content about what it's like to get married in Spain and also no doubt I'll be putting together some podcast episodes all about that as well. So for becoming a patron you'll get access to weekly bonus content videos, bonus podcast episodes, I'll also be putting out a monthly When in Spain newsletter and other and various other When in Spain resources as well. So let's look at gambling in Spain. Let's look at uh, a little bit of the history behind it. Well, under Franco, gambling was permitted. It did exist, but it was very, very restricted. And uh, the only thing that was allowed under the Franco regime was betting on horses, which was called Quiniela Ipica. There was a football pool known as Apuesta Deportiva sports betting and there was a lottery for the blind which I just mentioned which I'll talk a little bit more about later in the episode a lottery specifically for the blind called the Coupon Pro Ciegos and of course yes there was a state lottery as well and as I also previously mentioned the second longest continuously running lottery in the world so I'll talk a bit about the history of that uh, as well coming up but under Franco there were no casinos there were no bingo halls um, and there were no uh, gambling machines or arcades or anything like that so let's look at a few statistics before we get into more detail about the various ways that you can gamble away your money in Spain. Well, according to Madrid's Universidad Carlos III, which is one of the very prestigious universities here in Madrid, according to research carried out by them in 2018, according to their report, there are 27 different forms of gambling, lotteries or betting available in Spain, each with its own audience and rules. The majority of the population, and they state 84%, 84% of people between 18 and 75 years old, which amounts to 29 million people, all participated in some form of public lottery during 2018, mainly games uh, managed by the Spanish state lotteries and ONCE, O-N-C-E, which is the Organización Nacional de Ciegos Españoles, the national organization of Spanish blind people. So between those two entities, 29 million people participated in some form of lottery. 
And away from lotteries, almost 2 million people visited a casino in 2018. 3 million Spaniards visited a bingo hall. And another 3 million visited a gambling hall, or what you might call a gambling arcade, which are very common uh, in Spain. So that's Spain. I was interested to do a little comparison with other European countries. Now, um, interestingly for me, uh, of all the countries in Europe, it's actually the UK, uh, which is the undisputed leader in terms of gambling, particularly online. Uh, Gambling Commission figures for the 2016-2017 years showed that the gross gambling yield in the UK was 14.4 billion pounds. Whereas Spain, on the other hand, actually comes in sixth on the list after the UK, Switzerland, Germany, and the Netherlands. However, having said that, the Spanish bet a higher proportion of their income than almost any other nation. It's estimated that the Spanish gamble well over 1.9 billion euros a year. That's equal to around 480 euros per person. And that's uh, around 15% of the average net household income. Is there a gambling problem in Spain? Well, again, according to their figures, uh, they have this problematic gambling index. Problematic gambling in Spain only amounts to 0.2% of the population of people between 18 and 75 years old. Uh, And that was a figure from uh, 2019. Uh, The typical profile of a person with a gambling addiction problem uh, in Spain is a male under 35 and middle class. Okay, so I've just popped out out into the neighbourhood on a very grey and drizzly and chilly Monday morning. And uh, yeah, I'm on the quest to buy my first lottery ticket. And I've already walked past a couple of uh, the Onfe kiosks, which I'll talk about, which I'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. Onfe is the organisation for blind people in Spain. And I'm going to attempt to buy a coupon, which is the lottery ticket uh, from Onfe. They have numerous different draws, again, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes when I get back a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, The street where I am at the moment, which is called Calle de San Millán, there's actually a little grey kiosk selling the tickets for about 20 meters further along the street there is a little doorway into a small office for the Loterías y Apuestas del Estado. Uh, this is the other lottery which I'll talk about again in, in a minute in the podcast. This is the state completely different draws to the Onfe draws and it's, uh, it looks quite formal. It's a blue and grey uh, colour scheme of the, of the office. There are a couple of people inside. There's a glass screen and uh, the couple of people in the queue and pinned up on the glass screen on the inside are loads and loads of different types of uh, tickets. The ones that are pinned up uh, already have numbers printed on them. So there's like, these are the drawers where you don't actually have to fill in the numbers yourself. Again, I'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast. So this one is actually called Loteria San Mian because it's on San Mian Street. And uh, each office has is, has a number. So this one says Administración Número 24. So this is uh, number 24. Every single office all around Spain will have its own unique little number. 
and inside the lottery office as well uh, there's a little TV screen uh, which is saying how much money is in the various pots for each draw and so the list of prize funds uh, flash up on the screen they're called botes which is like the prize pot for the Bono Lotto at the moment it's 1,900,000 euros then we've got La Primitiva another draw which was uh, I think uh, something like 30 million and something the screen keeps changing so this is like uh, the state lottery's little in-house tv station which uh, flashes up lots of different information about all the different uh, draws that there are on offer and if i walk literally 10 meters further along the street as i'm doing now there is yet another office for the same state lotteries same sign, same logo, same colour scheme. This one is a much bigger office. About 10 people in there at the moment on a Monday morning. Same sort of format, the glass booth. Uh, this one's got some seats and little tables inside as well for people to fill out their, their uh, lottery tickets, I suppose. This one's got a name. This lottery office is called La Pepita de Oro. And this number, the number here is 463. This is the number of the office. And uh, it's quite common for lottery offices to actually have their own name as well. Well, this one's called La Pepita de Oro, and this one's got a picture in the window of, I presume, Pepita, uh, which is like a kind of cartoon of, of a woman dressed in like a polka dot dress with red flower in her hair. And in her hand, she's holding what looks like a little horse. I'm just going to walk back up the street. And um, one thing that really strikes me about the lottery in Spain is very, very visible everywhere you go. Any town or city um, has numerous offices for the state uh, lottery and numerous and numerous little offices and kiosks on street corners as well uh, where you can buy tickets um, and for me it's quite different back in the UK um, it's far less visible in fact in the UK you can actually buy a, a lottery ticket in, uh, in, in more places here you have to go to one of the specific offices or kiosks um, back in the UK um, you can buy lottery tickets well in most places you can buy them in supermarkets for example you can buy them in newsagents uh, you can buy them in uh, gas stations uh, little grocery stores lots and lots of outlets to buy tickets for the uh, national lottery back in the UK here in Spain I've never seen them sold anywhere other than these very specific and official looking offices and uh, and kiosks also inside these little offices they have a little machine on the wall uh, where you can scan your ticket so you can once you've bought your ticket once they've called the draw maybe you missed a draw which was uh, uh, announced on tv you can take your ticket into the lottery office and you can scan it on this little scanner on the wall and it will tell you whether your ticket is a winning ticket or not and if it is um, presumably how much you've won but uh, i'm not sure because i've never i've never bought a ticket before so i'm going to go and buy a ticket from onfe this is the this is separate from the uh, state lottery this is organized by a charity organization for blind people called Onfe just found a little uh, kiosk on a street corner and it's a gray kiosk uh, really really small there's a guy one guy sat inside on the outside it says Onfe in uh, uh, green letters on a yellow background that is the uh, logo for the Onfe lottery and again they have numerous different draws uh, the one that I've heard about is Daily Lottery and I believe it's called 
I believe it's called un coupon. The exterior of this kiosk is, uh, is sort of designed, it's sort of decorated with lots of holes drilled into the side of it and it actually looks like braille which I guess would make sense. In the window of the kiosk got loads of little posters uh, for various different drawers I presume. Um, for me looking at it now it looks really uh, confusing. I've got no idea which one I'm going to ask for. We've got a little TV screen also advertising the, uh, here we are, coupon diario. This is the daily drawer it says there. Right I've got to see how much money I've got because I've got no idea how much uh, one of these tickets costs. I'll go and find out. Hola, buenos días. Hola, buenos días. Dígame. Nunca he jugado la lotería antes. Quiero un cupón. A ver, tiene usted cupón para hoy que son estos. Vale 1,50 normal y con la paga 2 euros. La paga que se te educa son. Ah, vale. 1.000 euros a mes durante 25 años. Luego tienes cuponazo viernes. Vale. De nuevo de 15 millones. Ajá. 3 o 5 euros, según los millones que quieras. Euro ya porque son los viernes, vale 2 euros y tienes un bote ahora de 84 millones. Vale. 7,39, lunes y jueves. Tienes un bote de 2.900.000 euros casi. 2.900.000. Luego ya tienes los rascas. Ah, sí, sí, sí. Te puedo tirarme explicando durante 10 minutos. Rascas tienes desde el, el que más toca el porcentaje, es el mega millonario que vale 10 euros. Vale. Toca hasta un millón de 10, de 5, de 3, de 2, de 1 y de 50 céntimos. Vale. Madre mía, muchas opciones, muchos sorteos, ¿no? A ver, pues entonces ponme uno para un cupón para el diario. Bueno, para hoy, mira, para hoy. Sí, para hoy, sí. Son una, dos, la tercera fila, señor. No, no, ponme este aquí que termina con 80. El primero, era. Sí, el primero ahí. Sí, uno de este. Sí, por favor. ¿Quieres con la paga que son 50 céntimos más o normal? Pues sí, con la paga, entonces, sí, sí, sí. Cogemos y la son dos euros. Uy, perdón. Dos, uno y dos. Y dos, exacto. A ver si suerte, ¿vale? Muchísimas gracias, ¿eh? Venga. A ver si mañana hay que ir al banco. Vale, a ver, a ver si me toca. Gracias, buen día. Hasta luego. Okay, wow, that was a lot of information from the guy in the kiosk. So I opted in the end for the today's draw con el cupón diario, el cupón diario. He was explaining to me all the different types of drawers that there are, the different prices of the different tickets, and he also said that there were numerous scratch cards available as well. I thought daily draw, which will be drawn tonight, he's given me, now I didn't choose the numbers, how it works with this draw is they give you a ticket with the, with the numbers actually pre-printed on the ticket. My number is 75980. The lottery ticket costs uh, 1.50 euro. What he was saying to me is that if I pay an extra 50 cents, so for two euros, uh, I have the option, if I get a winning, if my number is a winning number, I have the option of also having a chance to win what's called La Paga, which would be very nice. La Paga gives you 3,000 euros a month for 25 years. <laughs> uh, that would be good. See if I'm lucky. A ver, a ver si me toca. Uh, just a little vocabulary note um, when we're talking about winning the lottery. Uh, in Spanish, they use the verb tocar, which literally means to, to touch. So it's a, a ver si te toca la lotería. Um, I hope the lottery touches me. I hope it touches to me. And the question might be, if you won the lottery, what would you do? Si te tocara la lotería, ¿qué harías? What would you do? So the verb is tocar, touch. They don't normally say, they don't normally use the verb to win, which is uh, ganar.
Anyway, so there we go. Um, when I paid for the ticket and put the coins through the little hatch, he was fairly partially sighted because when I put the coins through the hatch, he was feeling them, touching them to see what kind of coins they were. And he held them up to his eyes, very, very, very closely to his eyes to check that, uh, that they were uh, euros. So there we go. First lottery ticket ever in my life bought. So let's look at the lotteries. These are absolutely ubiquitous. Uh, you see them everywhere, as I was just saying. And I would break them down into two kind of entities. You have lotteries which are run by the State Society for State Lotteries and Betting. In Spanish, it's called Sociedad Estatal, Loterías y Apuestas del Estado. And then the other main entity that you have, as I already mentioned, is Once, O-N-C-E. Uh, I always look at it and see the word once, like it was English, but it's not. It's not. It's not once. It's once, which also is Spanish for eleven, but it doesn't mean eleven. It stands for, as I said, the Organización Nacional de Ciegos Españoles, the National Organization of Spanish Blind People. These are the two key providers of lotteries, if you like. So let's start with the state lottery, the one administered by the State Society for State Lotteries and Betting. These are the guys who have the very formal-looking offices, which I'll head out and have a look at with you guys a little bit later in the episode. They they look very formal. Their colour scheme is grey and blue. Uh, they have these glass windows inside. Um, and it looks like, I don't know, some kind, somewhere you'd go to pay a parking fine, or it looks like some kind of government office. So let's look at Spain's state lottery, La Lotería Nacional. Well, it was the brainchild of somebody called Ciriaco González de Carvajal. Um, and he was a court official in Nueva España, which was the Spanish colony uh, over in the United States, uh, which included parts of present-day Mexico. And, well, he was inspired by the success of the state-run draw which had been held there during the 18th century. And when he returned to Spain, he presented a bill to the Cortes of Cadiz, which was the parliament set up during the War of Independence, and uh, which subsequently proposed a similar project in Spain. So he obviously sung the praises of what he'd seen over in uh, Nueva España, uh, obviously seen a lot of money changing hands and maybe thought it was a good way of generating taxes for the government. So hence Henceforth, it was unanimously approved, surprise, surprise, and the first lottery was held in Spain in 1812, 1812, and well, it quickly became regarded by the government as a very efficient way to get Spaniards to pay their taxes, or maybe uh, the only way to get Spaniards to pay their taxes. So it's been running for an incredibly long time. Uh, if I compare it to the UK, where I'm from, I think the National Lottery only started in 1994, I believe. So much, much, much older and the second oldest continuously running lottery in the world. Anyway, nowadays, the state lottery is known as the Sociedad Estatal Loterías y Apuestas del Estado. Uh, it's a state-owned company, which is actually assigned, interestingly, to the Spanish Ministry of Finance, which is responsible for its management 
operation and marketing for all of the lotteries and all of the games all over Spain. I think one of the most famous lotteries or draws, I should say, one of the most famous draws um, that most people have heard of, whether they uh, live in Spain or visited Spain, is called El Gordo. Now, we normally associate El Gordo with the Spanish Christmas lottery, the Sorteo Extraordinario de Navidad. And the nickname is kind of El Gordo, the, the fat one, the big one. But it actually doesn't specifically only relate to the Christmas National Lottery. There is an El Gordo Primitiva, which I'll talk about in a minute, which is a weekly lottery. So lots of people think that El Gordo is just the Christmas uh, lottery, which is actually not the case. So let's look at the Christmas lottery. The first Christmas lottery was held on the 18th of December, 1812, as I said, in Cadiz. It's interesting to note, though, that prior to the Spanish Civil War, the draw, El Gordo, took place in the Spanish capital here in Madrid. But uh, when the Spanish Civil War broke out, it didn't stop the lottery draws from happening. They were actually transferred to Valencia after the Republicans were forced to relocate their capital from Madrid. And after the overthrow of the Republican government, uh, the lottery then continued uninterrupted in what was then Francoist Spain. So how much can you win? Well, as measured by the total prize payout, the Spanish Christmas lottery um, is considered the biggest lottery draw in the world. In 2017, uh, with 165 million pre-printed 20 euro tickets, uh, also known as decimos, the maximum total amount available for all prizes uh, was 2.31 billion euros, 2.31 billion euros in prize money. And the total amount for the grand prize, El Gordo, would be 720 million. Um, now, it doesn't quite work like that because the tickets are divided up into various series and then each series is divided up into individual tickets. So it's very, very rare that one person buys uh, so many series of tickets that they could actually win 720 million euros. But how it works is that the uh, Christmas lottery consists of 108 series of 66,000 tickets, each costing 200 euros. Now, not surprisingly, 200 euros is uh, too much money for most people. And so, as I said, the tickets are divided up into 10 shares called decimos, decimals. Uh, many clubs and charities buy a decimo and uh, offer shares as well for a couple of euros. Um, so people can, can, can buy in on uh, decimos or they can, so people can buy in on the, on the tickets in various ways. Uh, um, you know, in syndicates, etc. One thing I find very interesting is, is buying a Christmas lottery ticket, a decimo, for 20 euros is a really big tradition in Spain at Christmas. Uh, I've mentioned it many times in previous podcasts and my uh, my YouTube video about Christmas in Spain. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. Um, in families, people buy each other or give each other as presents uh, a lottery ticket for the Christmas lottery. Uh, work colleagues do it. There are big advertising campaigns on the TV during the Christmas period. Um, you see huge long queues of people 
lining up to buy these Christmas lottery tickets outside uh, lottery offices. And when I say big queues, I'm talking hundreds of people lining the streets. Uh, many times here in Madrid, I've been walking around in the centre and there were a couple of lottery offices which are considered lucky <laughs> uh, lottery offices. One particular called Doña Manolita. So people want to buy their ticket from those specific offices because they've had a higher than average uh, winning streak, if you like. But huge, huge queues of people going, you know, two times around the block. You see the end of the queue and you think, oh, I wonder what these people are queuing for. Is it some kind of concert or something? And then you follow the queue and you think, oh, my God, seriously, they're queuing up to buy a lottery ticket. But it's a very common sight uh, anywhere in Spain. The other funny thing which I've talked about before in previous uh, podcast episodes about Christmas is the actual Christmas lottery draw. And the draw is carried out by uh, school children from a local school in Madrid. It's televised live. The draw actually takes place before Christmas on the 22nd of December. Uh, and the televised draw goes on for hours. I don't know. It's, uh, it starts in the morning about 10 o'clock and it goes on until past lunchtime. So about four hours of uh, normal me two selected children from uh, from a school in Madrid and they actually sing the numbers they sing the ticket numbers as they're called and it's um, it's different <laughs> put it that way it's different So there you go. There's a little example for you there. Very common sound on the 22nd of December, whether you're at home or you go to a bar or a cafe or a restaurant, everyone has got this on on their TV. So let's look at the usual, the normal, everyday El Gordo, called El Gordo de la Primitiva. Uh, this one's also run by the State Society for State Lotteries and Betting. Uh, El Gordo de la Primitiva, this one is a weekly lottery. It's a sort of watered-down version of the big Christmas one. Uh, there were two grids on the tickets, numbered 1 to 54 and 1 to 9, and you basically you pick five numbers from the first one, one from the second, and each grid, I think, costs about €1.50 and uh, the draw happens every Saturday. And that draw has been operating since about the mid-1980s, generally regarded as Spain's favourite lottery. The other one is La Loteria uh, La Primitiva, so not El Gordo this time. You choose six out of 49 numbers. You can elect to have a computer randomly select them for you if you want. The draw takes place every Thursday and Sunday. If you have all six matching numbers, you've won the jackpot. Uh, and well, the jackpot can be as high as 66 million euros. For matching uh, fewer numbers, there are also smaller prizes as well. So we also have the Loteria Nacional, the National Lottery. It's also uh, run by the same state organisation and it has a tax exemption for winners. There is a rule, though, any money won on this lottery must remain in the Spanish territory. And if you do take it out of the country, you'll be taxed. When you buy a ticket, you don't choose the numbers. Uh, the numbers are already automatically printed on the ticket. And you need all six numbers called to win the jackpot. If you match two of the numbers, you receive a smaller cash prize. And if you match the last number, you get uh, the price of your ticket refunded as well. Another state draw, Bono Lotto. 
A bit more recent, this draw was uh, first held uh, in February 1988. The aim of the game was to provide frequent draws at affordable prices. And the jackpot starts at 400,000 euros and rolls over each time the jackpot is not won. And I, so a different kind of lottery. Again, run by the state La Quiniela. La Quiniela is a sports-related lottery in which you bet on the results of 14 football matches. For each match, you have to choose one of three options. The first team uh, that wins, the second team that wins, or the match that ends in a draw. If you get at least 10 matches correctly, you win a prize. And each La Quiniela draw covers a single week's matches. There's also one called Quinigol. Quinigol works basically the same way as La Quiniela except it only covers six soccer matches and it allows you to choose a third option in which you bet the team will score three or more goals. And each bet costs one euro. Uh, another one, the last one from the state lottery called Lotto Turf. Lotto Turf uh, allows players to bet on horses by uh, choosing six numbers from a table that goes from one to 31. And again, each bet costs one euro. So let's talk about Onthe. For me, this is a lot more interesting. Onthe, as I've mentioned a couple of times already, is the Organización Nacional de Ciegos Españoles, the National Organization of Spanish Blind People. It was set up by General Franco's nationalist government on December the 13th, 1938, to provide employment for the blind and people with serious visual impairments whose numbers had been greatly increased by the Civil War. By 1950, ONCE had been able to put in place a proper welfare system for its members. So it's a charitable lottery. ONCE employ over 136,000 staff, uh, of whom 88% are people with disabilities. Most of them have some kind of disability with their vision, so they're either blind or very partially sighted. But uh, nowadays, ONCE also uh, employs people with varying uh, types of disability, not just to do with uh, sight. Following Franco's death, and uh, by 1981, a decree was passed uh, freeing Onthe from government meddling and control, and uh, a new Onthe was uh, subsequently formed and divided into three pillars, uh, like a directorate general, a foundation, and a business corporation. And it's quite interesting that Onthe has diversified uh, its business and uh, invests in many other uh, things today. It is obviously a charity. It runs a, a daily lottery draw and tickets are sold, as I said, by members of the organisation uh, from kiosks or you will see them standing on the side of the street as well. Uh, like I say, draped in these long strips of tickets called tiras. And you quite often hear them shouting, Iguales para hoy, Iguales para hoy, uh, which means equals for today. And they say that, well, it doesn't make any sense really, does it? What it means is that the Onfe tickets are divided into equal shares for sale. That's why they shout that. Their traditional product and one of the most visible aspects, I suppose, of Onfe is the charity lottery ticket known throughout Spain as the Coupon. El Coupon. Coupon, no Capón, no confundas con Mugiri. Muchos premios. Queda menos de una semana. Sorteo de Navidad del 11 con 75 premios de 400.000 euros. 
So that's a little clip from the Christmas advert from This Christmas Just Gone, uh, advertising El Coupon for the Onfe Lottery. And that advert's quite funny. It's actually part of a series of adverts uh, where the character in the advert that you heard speaking is actually an English guy, Ungiri. I don't know whether you noticed that by his accent when he was speaking. And it's an English guy who's come to spend Christmas with his girlfriend's family in Spain. And they've sent him out in search of El Coupon. They've sent him out to buy a Christmas lottery ticket. But he's got a bit mixed up with the pronunciation of the word. And he's been going round asking for a capon. And a capon is basically a castrated cockerel that some people eat around the Christmas period here in Spain. So there's a bit of a joke about uh, an English guy who can't pronounce words very well. Also worth mentioning that the Spanish National Lottery also put out a series of Christmas adverts as well. And uh, they're normally uh, highly anticipated. Uh, People seem to talk a lot about them. And this year they put out four different adverts, which were good, I have to say, and I believe they were nominated for awards, all promoting the idea of buying a ticket to share with your friends and family. Sales of this lottery ticket are the main source of income for Onfe and can carry huge tax-exempt prizes. The draw has different tickets for different days of the week, a special weekend ticket as well as special tickets with higher prizes, uh, usually by season. Uh, The draw has many years being broadcast live every night on Spanish TV. It's changed channels loads of different times. At the moment, the draw is being shown on La Una, La Una. El Coupon Diario, the daily coupon is drawn uh, every day from Monday to Friday and there's a five digit number and a series number. Each ticket costs 150 and prizes can vary based on how many of the five digits a particular coupon has. And for the daily draw prizes can be anything up to 300,000 euros. And interestingly for the larger prizes to claim the larger prizes you actually have to go in person to the Bank of Spain, the National Bank. Can you imagine? Uh, that must be quite an interesting experience. Uh, for the smaller prizes, you just go to the key, to any kiosk where they sell the tickets. So that's Spanish lotteries, almost. It gives you an idea of how complicated and how complex and how many different draws there are and different rules and different tickets. Um, I must mention, of course, Catalonia. Now, Catalonia has its own lottery uh, called the Lottery of Catalonia of course, Lotto Catalunya. And that entity is regulated by the Generalitat of Catalonia, the autonomous government of Catalonia. Uh, The revenue from their lottery goes into financing of social services. So the Catalan lottery began operating in April 1987 with the sale of a fast lottery system based on a scratch-off called Lotto Rapid. Since its introduction in 1987, they've introduced several other draws as well about I think five or six more uh, with the most recent draw being introduced in 1994 called Super Toc. Then in 2013 the lottery in Catalonia launched something very similar to the Christmas lottery El Gordo uh, called the Grossa de Cap Dani. Grossa de Cap Dani is actually the the big one of the new year and that draw takes place on the 31st of December. 30% of the money goes to social purposes uh, with 70% going to the prize 
funds. So let's look at bingo now. Um, frankly, a bit more interesting because I've actually been to bingo here in Madrid a few times and I quite like it. Um, let's just, I'll talk a bit about my experience in a minute, but um, let's look at a bit of the history behind bingo. Bingo, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, uh, was uh, illegal in Spain until uh, after Franco died and the return to democracy. But in post-Franco Spain, bingo became a huge craze. Um, it never existed previously. And uh, it quickly became very, very big business. And, uh, well, hundreds and hundreds of bingo halls appeared all over Spain. Different bingo halls used to charge different admission fees and also used to charge a different price for the bingo cards that you stamp. And this kind of established a class distinction or a class delineation between the different venues. So all of these bingo halls, many of them, you know, were just for your normal working class people who would go there to play bingo. But many of them turned into these kind of haunts of the wealthy elite and celebrities. There were problems with the running of casinos after a couple of years. Um, they were supposed to be confined to charitable institutions. But of course, lots of irregularities soon started cropping up. And by 1978, just a year after they were legalised, uh, 49 bingo halls in Madrid were closed down. And by 1980, almost half of the bingo halls operating in the Spanish capital had their licences suspended. Why? Because they failed to submit their accounts. They basically weren't declaring the money properly. Surprise, surprise. Um, today, the bingo scene is much more sedate, um, but it's hugely, hugely popular. As I said in the stats at the beginning, three million Spaniards visited a bingo hall in 2018. Um, I've been to bingo a handful of times in the years that I've been in Madrid. Uh, one of my favourite ones is uh, not in the centre, it's outside the centre of the city, up in a neighbourhood called Ciudad Lineal. To the north of the city, it's called Casino Las Vegas, and I like it because it is probably one of the most kitsch experiences you can have. You uh, walk in through this huge uh, neon lit doorway with like plush red carpets and chandeliers. And there are like big porcelain animals, really gaudy, brightly patterned carpet. And then they've got these kind of traffic lights above the doors. So you can't just walk into the main uh, bingo hall. You have to wait until the traffic light changes on the door to green or it says. And you walk in and this one that's called uh, Casino Las Vegas is huge. I think it's got room for around seven or eight hundred people inside, full usually of... Um, well, how can I put this in a polite way? The more elderly uh, generation of, of of Spanish people and overwhelmingly women, actually. It's enjoyable. It's a fun experience. I can't remember how much each card costs. So each card is called a carton. And I think you pay something like three or four euros per card, maybe a bit more. They also have alcohol, of course, and they also serve uh, meals. So sometimes we've actually gone very, very late because we're hungry and there are lots of other places closed and we can get literally a three-course hot meal at 2am or 3am. And the other really useful thing for me and anyone who uh, is learning Spanish or is, you know, wants to practice Spanish, uh, they call the numbers really quickly 
I mean really quickly. And in my experience, the bingo callers seem to have quite a strange delivery style, a style of delivery. I hasten to add, I have never, ever won anything, not even one euro for all the times I've been to bingo. So finally, moving on to casinos, there are a handful of casinos in Madrid, the most famous one being on Gran Vía. And in Madrid, there's also a more modern casino near the uh, Plaza Colón, near the Colón Tower, just off the Castellana Boulevard, or is it Recoletos? I can't remember. Um, There are two casinos that I've been to in Madrid, pretty much like any casino anywhere in the world, you know, uh, very touristy, I must say, Uh, very expensive to buy drinks. (laughs) Um, uh, They occasionally give you like free coupons to have a free flutter on some of the machines. Uh, I'm not particularly into casinos. If you are, there are casinos in Spain, but there are only some 20 or so casinos in Spain. During the Franco regime and up until 1977, casinos were banned in Spain. There were no casinos anywhere, uh, but they were legalised in 1977. Their popularity was quite slow to catch on. But today in Spain, as I said, there are about 20 casinos, usually located, as you'd expect, in the major cities uh, like Barcelona and Madrid and in more touristy destinations, maybe like on the Costa del Sol in certainly, I know there's one in Marbella. Um, But yeah, they have obviously become more and more common over the years. And according to stats, as I mentioned, almost two million Spaniards visited a casino in 2018. So there you go. There's a little bit of background into gambling in Spain. Uh, The other thing to mention, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, is that uh, obviously gambling machines, I mean, you know, one-armed bandits or fruit machines, whatever you call them, wherever you are in the world, in Spain, uh, colloquially uh, referred to as traga peras, which means a peseta swallower, swallower of pesetas. Uh, Pera was a slang Uh, word for a peseta, which was the uh, currency that Spain had before the euro was introduced. So just before I go, just to say quickly, if you enjoy the When in Spain podcast, if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider signing up to become a When in Spain patron and support independent content creators like myself. It's patreon.com forward slash when in Spain. You can sign up to various different tiers of patronage and uh, it's safe, it's secure. Uh, Just another thing to mention, if this is the first time you're listening to the When in Spain podcast, When in Spain has a presence on all of the usual social media hangouts. We've got a a friendly and active When in Spain Facebook group with something like 2,600 members in it now. Um, It's your place to ask any questions of fellow When in Spain listeners and Spain fans. It's your place to share any Spain-related content which you think is interesting, articles, uh, photos, anything like that. We also have a When in Spain Instagram account as well. So if you like photos from Spain, I endeavour to post uh, photos from around Spain and my travels around Madrid on a regular basis on Instagram. That's When in Spain 1 on Instagram to see some nice photography and also photos that relate to many of the podcast episodes. If you'd like to see faces of the people you hear speaking, particularly the guests, Uh, That's the place to go for that. And if you'd like to get in touch with me directly, if you've got any specific questions about Spain, uh, maybe you're planning a visit, or if you have some feedback about the podcast, you can email me directly at wheninspain1 at outlook.com. 
outlook.com. That's when in Spain, the number one at outlook.com. Just one other thing before I go, please do one other thing for me that really, really does help the podcast keep growing and reaching new listeners. Tell someone you know about it. If you have a friend or a family member who's also interested in Spain and Spanish culture, tell them. The other thing you can do is wherever you listen to the podcast is hit the subscribe button. That helps push the podcast up the rankings and gives it more visibility. The other thing you could do, if you like, is leave a little review. You know, it doesn't have to be much. Just could be a couple of words or one sentence review of the podcast. Uh, that really helps other people make the decision to give it a listen. Here endeth the lesson. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. So we'll leave it there. I'll look forward to speaking to you again next week. And until then, have a fantastic week and hasta luego. Hasta luego.